Abysses, aka responsible, proper social distance shit talking from spare bedrooms across Atlanta and suburban Detroit. It's pronounced Detroit, right? It's, it, you go with the French pronunciation, don't you? May we? Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I should do this in like a terrible French accent. And I'm Jerry. <laughs> this is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism and always in English. We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. And as soon as I said that English crack, it was like, oh, that could be like a right wing Read, you know, like, oh, we only speak English on this podcast, man. <laughs> English, only English first. And we only eat freedom fries. <laughs> right. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything or anything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Or should you? But first, it's episode 108, and this is an extra regular episode. Books are being banned across the United States. Is burning them next? Why is there not more concern about this? Or half the stories on the news these days? So, are you vaxxed and boosted? Well, then you probably read books as well, smartass. So, you're probably smart enough to rate and review this five-star podcast. That's right, all five stars. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Godless Podcast. You can join our favorite private Facebook group and then immediately delete your Facebook account afterwards. And Or you can just send us some regular email at godlessheathens at yahoo.com. What are we drinking, people? Jerry, what are you drinking all the way up in the in the Northland there? I'm drinking a repetitive originality, which really is this podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> it is a double IPA from Transient Artisan Ales, which is a brewery in Bridgman, Michigan, which is way in the southwest corner of the state, practically in Indiana. And, and you are, like we said, we, you are in the suburban, uh, suburban Detroit area currently? I'm on the closest suburb to the city on the west side. So what you drinking on, Jeff? Um, I picked up a, uh, a trim, something from Trim Tab Brewing. I've you know, gotten quite a few of their beers before. They're, what, is it Birmingham, Jerry? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Birmingham, yeah. And so this is a Terra Formosa India IPA. I was really hoping you were going to go with Misu on that Terra Misu. Uh, I, was, uh, I, th- I hope no, I'm saying this you, properly. You, went, you, you, you zigged when I zagged. Formo- Formosa. Anyway, it's really good. It's, and I didn't realize this when I picked that up, but it's got freshly crushed gooseberries in it. Ooh. How's the goose feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> woo! Woo! Oh, not that kind of goose. Okay. 
I'm actually, I, I stumbled across this tonight. Uh, it was on a little wing stack. Uh, 1924 uh, is, is the was the name on, on the label. I turned it around, looked at it, and it said it was bottled by Gnarly Head. So it's a, it's a, it's a winery that, that I'm familiar with. They make a great Old Vine Zen. There was two distinct bottles in the display. One was a Cab Sav, one was a Red Blend. I'll give you two guesses on which one I went with, and we won't even count the second one. But it, it seems to be really good, yeah. Uh, it's Lodi, California, and there's a number of Lodi Zinfandels that I've tried that I, that I really like, so. Lodi, is that in wine country? L-O-D-I. I know nothing about wine country and all that, but it's, huh. I, I recognize that name from other bottles that I've enjoyed in the past, so it's along the same lines. Hmm. Very good. Excellent. So early on, or in the intro, you're talking about verify it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit that we've yeah. said for I don't know how long. We changed it from Google to duck, duck, go at one point. But initially, when we first started the podcast, we said Google that shit for a good long time because that was just that was just a saying I used to say t- tell Kim all because she'd ask me a question I wouldn't know the answer. I just Google that shit and find out. You know, look it up. Fuck, I used to say that all the time at work too. You know, somebody would ask me, I don't know, fucking Google it and find out. You have the world at your fingertips, right there. And it's, it's still a useful device, but people yeah. need to understand that it is tilted towards your history. So, yes. you know, if, if you go to these sources that give you good information, more than likely if you Google something in that category, it's going to still give you relevant information. But if you Google stuff from a quack doctor then it's probably going to feed back with that stuff. It's funny because a lot of the, the recently, a lot of the right-wingers have discovered DuckDuckGo, and based upon their, you know, search histories and what they normally look at, when they're searching for stuff on DuckDuckGo, it's feeding them like Alex Jones, you know, just crazy conspiracy shit. And they, they think they have found, like, the access to the true Internet or something. It's, it's, it's funny. And, and, and by the way, they, I mean, they may have. Because the the reason uh, the reason why they are moving from Google is Google is getting rid of that stuff. They take people off of YouTube, or they won't provide conspiracy links. It's the same reason they ran to Parler and, and Gab. Totally. And the reason why I I wanted to stop Google is they track you in ways that are completely invasive, and you know. Get that on DuckDuckGo. Yeah, there's nothing better about going on Google and seeing ads for something you've bought for the next four months. And DuckDuckGo, for those reasons, is still a good thing. It's a lesser moment because DuckDuckGo isn't as big. But DuckDuckGo could be having kind of the same moment that Spotify is having right now. (laughs) Come to Jesus moment, I think they called them. Joe Rogan is feeling enough heat to force Spotify to take action. Just real quick, coronavirus. Now we get the Spotify label on this episode because there is COVID information in this episode that has to be somehow codified with a label. It's like if you were a rock band in the 80s and you wanted to get that sticker on your album to ensure you got sales. Same thing. So this is our Tipper Gore sticker for the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm basically Blackie Lawless over here. But, you know, so DuckDuckGo isn't supposed to track you. It's not supposed to have the algorithms that, you know, go down rabbit holes. No, that, that's, that wasn't the promise. The promise was it, didn't, it wouldn't track you. It, it wasn't big enough to worry about 
feeding too much disinformation because nobody paid attention to it and they don't have enough users. And there wasn't a lot of stuff on there a lot of times. In the early days, you, you'd search on DuckDuckGo and it was kind of hit or miss if you'd find what you were looking for. And half the time you had to go Google it afterwards. From a search results, Google is miles ahead of DuckDuckGo. Yeah. But if DuckDuckGo can be played by the forces of crazy, might have to reassess my use. But then how do you verify that information, as as we say in the intro? What are you going to use? Are you going to use Bing? Absolutely could. But Microsoft's going to track you then. Yeah. You know, I remember the days when there used to be like hundreds of search engines. Yeah. Asgees, um, Yahoo. Asgees, Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. Lycos. Are you guys seriously sitting out on the digital back porch pining? <laughs> For the good old days. Uh, when, when you used to get your AOL on a disc. Which, by the way, right now, if you had to have a fifth of that experience, your head would explode. Oh, yeah. So, Jeff, your boy's been in the news for what? Uh, has it been a week now? Maybe more? What? My boy. Joe Rogan. That's my boy? Yeah. That's not my boy. He's your boy. No, he's, he's not my boy at all. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so he was kind of called onto the carpet by Neil Young and then followed suit by Joni Mitchell and who else? Quite a few. All right, so what broke the camel's back? The 275 like medical professionals that basically said, you yeah. know, this shit's got to stop? Or was it Neil Young? Well, it might have been a combination. I don't, I don't know. We'd have to talk to the head of uh, Spotify. Well, without the doctors, Neil Young doesn't do that. Yeah. But did Neil Young... You know, look, are Spotify listeners really going to bail because Neil Young and Joni Mitchell aren't on there? No. The answer is no. But, I mean, it put kind of the spotlight on the situation, which was very uncomfortable for both Spotify and for Rogan. And, you know, in fact, Rogan came out with his little apology, non-apology. Yeah. It was like a nine-minute thing where it sounded like he was going to be reasonable about why I want to have other experts on but he kept saying for a different opinion mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm sorry but you know science doesn't really deal in opinions science doesn't care about your opinion it cares about what's what's the facts are you the only one that gets to yeah. fly the science flag are you are you mr science not to play devil's advocate not to defend joe rogan by any stretch of the imagination however here we go he's not he's, oh, he's having people on who have a scientific opinion they not may not be part of the consensus, but that's what science is, is differing views. I mean, one of the best things to get your name out there as a scientist is to discredit something that is widely believed as canon uh, across the board and then show, you know, show your receipts. But the scientists that he's had on there, you know, like mm-hmm. one of the guys was, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. But who it is. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm saying so one of them was like one of the early develop- developers of the mRNA concept. He had okay. nothing to do with the with the vaccine or anything like that. He had a, you know, early on kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, so he's got those kind of credentials Okay. And that's why, you know, Rogan, I guess, thought he'd be a good one to have on the show. What did this guy say that flew in the face of... Don't take the vaccine. It's going to basically kill you. I mean, don't take it. Yes. So somebody that helped develop the vaccine is now saying that it'll kill you. 
Yeah, well, but again, he didn't help develop. He uh, developed the concept, but he wasn't the one that, you know... We're fucking doomed at that point. If experts that help develop a technology are coming on saying... Well, but that's what I'm saying is, is he has uh, a following because of that. In fact, he was at that big protest they had in D.C. turned into an anti-vax thing. He was trying to say that, well, yeah, so I guess I need to have other viewpoints or other opinions on. Hopefully he will follow through and have that. But Oh, my God, Jeff. Yeah, are you serious? Happen. It's never going to. Do no. you actually? I mean, uh, you're, you no, are. No, I don't. You are I'm not walking, my breath. You are, you are stepping back. And you're getting, you're about to start running towards the football, and Lucy has got it there, and you're gonna kick a field goal. Oh no, 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 no! I'm no, I, I understand. I'm not holding my. I'm just saying that in a in a real world where uh, people's statements had weight, then then he would do that. Don't you think the the bigger statement is the fact that what he is putting out makes him by far and away. The most popular podcaster around. Absolutely, absolutely. You know the fact that he had to do a half-ass apology, which really wasn't much of one. Right. No, it was more of a, I'm sorry you feel the way you feel kind of apology. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was pissy. He definitely. I think you have to be chastened a little bit to do that in general, like to do it at all. And he did it about as half-ass as probably he could. And Spotify is trying to distance themselves mm-hmm. from this situation as fast as I can without dropping him. But in that same little uh, apology thing towards the end of it, I think it was, is where he was starting to say, well, you know, we w- they called us crazy early on when, uh, you know, we were saying that the, the virus, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to transmit it. And then that changed. But who said that? I don't remember anybody saying that. I, I don't know where he's pulling this from. Yeah. He, he never stated his sources. But yeah, I mean, so what he's trying to say is like, so, you know, we were crazy back here when we said this, but it turned out to be true. And what was the other one? Yeah, mask, you know, we found it. We thought that uh, they said that masks uh, worked, and now we find out they don't. That, you know, and that's bullshit that he's saying that. And then he was talking about the, uh, you know, the lab origins of the, of the virus trying to say that that's that's you know got legitimacy to it so i mean you know so even in that apology he was feeding his audience the kind of questions again that he's always bringing up on his show where is it written or what law does it say that everything said on a podcast has to be 100 percent factually true and when did we start to believe that everything you listen to on a podcast is 100 percent factually true that sounds like an argument they would make. It's something I've been thinking about for a wh- for a while now. Is it just the, the the medium of podcast in general is 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 the issue? Is that literally anybody? I mean, three idiots from Georgia can just get together on a random Thursday and put out a podcast for nine dollars a month. There's not like a big bar to entry to this. Obviously, we have a lot. There's a lot of opinion, but we try yeah. to deal in truth or not knowingly misinform like there's things that we're wrong about but we don't we're not here to deceive no that is not our intention and i don't think most people most podcasters do either i think most religious podcasters excluded i I think no i think they believe all that shit too i i don't i i personally don't oh you don't that's my own personal opinion yeah that's a whole nother podcast there 
I guess most, I would think most people do think it's true. Whatever yeah. they're talking about is true. It's funny because if you if you ever listen to a Joe Rogan episode or if you look at who he's had as guest over the it's it's run the whole gamut but a lot of it has literally been him and another comedian or him and a fighter just literally just talking about stuff pulling shit out of their ass leaning heavy into uh, uh, conspiracy theories but that's what it was it, it, it's not Edward R Murrow giving you the fucking news at six o'clock at, you know in the afternoon it is two idiots getting stoned bullshitting for three hours but the, but who he says changed that it. Has, but he but changed it though he started changed? to have Rogan did when he started to have these experts and i'm doing the bunny quotes there but he's always had bunny quote experts that will come yeah. on and tell you that the sphinx is 50 million years old or the you know uh, uh earth is what's, flat. what's the one that he yeah the earth is flat or there's the um the the lost civilization of and he always goes back to the and he always has this guy they always talk about the same book he he, uh, he leans into the you know he's talking bullshit but and I've, I've listened to a number of them. I haven't listened to a number of them in, in, in a long time, but I, I have listened to a number of them over the years. He would have, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson on. He would have all, all these people on that. I, I enjoyed the people he was talking to. He had Ben Shapiro on. I skipped that episode. If he had a fighter on, I didn't really care about that episode. If he had a comedian on that I really enjoyed, really liked that comedian, I'd listen to that episode. But it was... Just like anything else, it was a good time suck while you're at work to just, oh, okay, shit, three hours just went by. Yeah, you know, but those boom. those kind of topics don't kill people. And then Exa when you start, exactly. you start doing information that, but you know, can if miss... If you're going... Listen, this is a guy who has two professions, comedian and analyzing how people beat the shit out of each other. At what point do you look at him as a source for the truth? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a regular listener by any stretch, but I'm, I'm guessing most of his listeners tune in for the entertainment value. But exactly. then, but when, when they have, when he has somebody on there that's giving this information about, oh, I don't know if you want to take the vaccine. I gar I guarantee you, there are anti-vax podcasts that are ten times, hundred times worse than anything. Again, not defending him, but are worse than anything he's ever done. The problem is he's got the listeners. He's got the numbers. He's you know, he he's got thousands of people listening live and millions of downloads within so many days. There's a lot of crazy extreme MAGA and, and white nationalist podcasts. There's all kinds of crazy shit you can listen to out there. But I mean, he, he just recently had on Jordan Peterson, who's another quack. And I have, you know, so he's a psychiatrist. I, I think he used to teach. I don't know Psych if he still teaches or not. Just, I don't think he's a psychologist. Okay, psychologist. All right. But I don't know if he's still doing that or not but yeah so he comes on there and i didn't listen to the whole thing because it was like four hours of bullshit no yeah i mean so when they were talking about climate change peterson derailed that saying well there is no such thing as climate and then he talked in his gobbledygook i don't even know how to describe it that's jordan peterson in a nutshell gobbledygook but you know rogan is sitting there nodding his head and agreeing and didn't push back on a single thing he was talking about i'm a little confused right now because <laughs> This sounds like fresh outrage. And this is what he's been doing for years. I know. Like, for years. And like... When he was talking to Eddie Bravo for years, nobody cared. Nobody gave a shit. Well, again, I mean... And it you still know, had you... a shit ton of downloads. And they were still basically disseminating disinformation. And nobody yeah, cared. But, but, but this you is, know, yeah. if, you believe in a, if you believe in a flat earth, 
you know, unless you actually fall off of the end of the I earth. I don't believe in it, Jeff. I'm just asking questions. Yeah. yeah. What? In the fl- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even – I'm just asking questions of a flat earth expert that I have on my show. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying that, you know, where, where the, the conversation changed is when your, your topic now is about something that is killing potentially in the U.S., you know, we're, what, 900,000 deaths now? 75 million people voted for Trump in the last election? 74. How many of those people fall on that side of the COVID argument? I, Most, I, I feel like the, he's, a, he's a gateway drug to that stuff for people, though. Who, Trump or Rogan? I think Rogan's a gateway drug to that because he's got a younger audience. He obviously has fallen on that side of the fence. Everything but the vaccine. Absolutely. You know, natural's better, you know, all that bullshit. He's all in on that side. And he's probably vaccinated. I don't know. I think he, he is. He, is. Is it that hard to fathom? I mean, there are other famous people. There are other famous people with large platforms that are on that side of the argument. But to pick up on Jerry's point, I think is an important one Ever never really thought about, is his audience would tend to skew younger. They're not the ones going to be watching Fox News late at night, tuning into Tucker Carlson, and that's a whole other ball of wax there. That's podcast in general. Uh, podcast for for the most part skew younger. Yeah, but but I'm saying his audience, because of in his background and all that, are kind of like the alt right, I guess I would because he has a lot of those kind of alt right guests on there as well. Jordan Peterson would kind of fall into that category. Obviously, Alex Jones would fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Weiss would fall into that category, and um, who's the other guy that? Um, Ben Shapiro? No. He absolutely hangs with, you know, what we like to refer to as intellectual dark web. Like I said, Jordan Peterson's, Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro. And what's, uh, what's the guy that has the Dark Horse podcast, Brent, he and his Brent wife? Weinstein? Yes, yeah. In some ways, he, he's winning the messaging war. He may not have the numbers, but they absolutely have an outsized influence on society for people mm-hmm. who are definitely not in the majority. And why is that? Because that's not the only time this is happening now where loud minorities are... Well, that that sounded terrible, actually. Loud minorities. They are going to think this is a right-wing podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Loud... Well, I mean... I know what you're saying. From a power perspective and from a numbers perspective... They would be in the minority, maybe not from a power perspective, but from a numbers perspective, absolutely in the minority. 60-something plus percent, maybe 70, have some, at least some vaccination in the United States. And and you hear the doubters and the deniers and the anti-vaxxers way more than probably their numbers should dictate. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially if we're going to talk about schools and CRT and book banning and stuff like that, that's the loud, to use that term again, loud minority. I don't know what better term to use for, you know, as long as people know what we're talking about, that that are dictating policy. It'll be taken out of context when you become famous. But you can can say that about (laughs) almost every topic, that the right is winning the messaging war. They always win the messaging war. Are they winning the the messaging war on CRT? Absolutely. Because CRT is actually a topic. They're winning the the messaging war. Because in truth, it's it's a non-issue. Completely. But they're making it 
an issue. So they absolutely, 100%, 1,000%, I, they're winning. I don't want to get all pundity, but here we go. On a podcast? <laughs> it, it does fire up their audience. It fires them up. And between CRT and book banning and fines for teachers and bans on things that you can say and what you can cover. Yeah, I got a story to read to y'all in a minute here oh. about uh, about teachers. Let's hear it. This is this is a little out there. This is from uh, well, <laughs> when you say it's where it's from, it's not that it's out, not there. out there. I was going to say we say out there. There's nothing that's out there anymore. <laughs> Leave it to the great state of Oklahoma. Seems like whenever like the craziest batshit crazy r- religiosity rears its ugly head, it's out of Oklahoma. I don't know why, but it or seems Texas. to be that way. Yep, they're, they're in a competition. Oklahoma State Senator Bob Standridge has introduced legislation that would allow parents to sue any public educator who teaches anything, and I'm going to quote this, in opposition to closely held religious beliefs of students. Standridge has also introduced a bill that he would give individual parents the power to demand the removal of any book from any school shelf that they believe to contain LBTQ content. Oh, that'd be the Bible. First, absolutely. <laughs> but you don't even have to, according to how it's written here, you don't even have to prove that it contains LGBTQ content. You just have to assert that it does. By the way, there is no, maybe this air quotes, law or bill that they're trying to pass defines it. But I would like to know the definition of LGBTQ content. What does that mean? Any book in the library that has a gay or lesbian scene in it or a bisexual character in a book or anything along those lines. Yes. So see a deliverance. Like you said, the Bible. The Bible's out completely because it has... Pretty much all of those. It's graphic in nature. The part that gets me is the strongly held religious belief of the student. The bill would allow parents to sue teachers $10,000. Hold on. It gets better. Per incident, per individual. So if you've got four batshit crazy fundamentalist kids in your science class and you start talking about evolution, that's forty grand every time you bring it up. Or think about this, too, is if the students in this class don't like this teacher for whatever reason, because, you know, he or she is, you know, grades hard or gives hard assignments, they could gang up and, you know, sue the ass off this teacher. My strongly held religious belief is that two plus two equals five. I'm suing you for $10,000. I think my strongly held non-religious belief is public education in Oklahoma or education probably overall in Oklahoma is not top notch. Because they don't pay well. They already had a big teacher's strike like a couple of years ago, and they're still paid poorly. If you could be sued... Oh, yeah. ...by, you know, I mean, and look, this this is like straight harassment, because the Texas abortion law is written in a similar manner. Yeah, that, I think this was based upon that yeah. law, because it, it's that's, that's their new kind of angle. It's not, we're going to deem this illegal. It's just, we're going to allow you to be sued by your peers if you fall into this gray area. Or by your customers, even. Um, yeah, absolutely. But if you are, and who's going to, I mean, seriously, who's going to teach there? How can you teach science in Oklahoma in middle school How could you or teach anything? Any, I mean, yeah, seriously. Anything. How could you teach a, a social studies course 
a high school or a health hot, class hot, a health, <laughs> or a history. Right. The upsetting part of that is that's what they want, and yeah. that's what they're trying to legislate to get is to take all of the all of that stuff out of public education. And mm-hmm. if that's not brainwashing, I don't know what is. No, I think the evil goes a step further. Excellent. I, I think <laughs> I, I think what the goal is is to destroy public schools. I mean if if you have teachers leaving and you know, it gets to the point where the system is collapsing. You don't have a school board that is functional yeah. anymore. Yeah. Then you have Republican politicians. They're going to say, "Well, I think it's time for a uh, a takeover of the schools." No, yeah. they're, no, so, no, no, no. They're, they're, no, they don't want that. They don't want to take. Sure, they do. No, they don't. They want private schools. But yes, that's they not do. Take over the schools. There's a difference between taking something over and strangling it to death, to where it's irrelevant. And no longer the force that it once was. They want your tax money to go to private schools. And if your tax money goes to private schools, the public education in your area or state is automatically going to be diminished in a, in a huge way. And you are going to take the worst part of capitalism, private industry, running schools for profit. Like they did with prisons. They're not going to let all these buildings and facilities just go they'll take them over nah. with private industry eh, i don't know you know i hope i'm wrong about this whole thing but i just i just see the public education is being destroyed that's the goal right it's oklahoma so anything could happen but i honestly don't see how you can put into a law that a teacher is at the will of a child's belief oh, I, system I, I know how you can I know, absolutely know how you can, and so do you. That you get friendly courts that push this to push this to the federal level, and their goal for all these is to get in front of the Supreme Court and to get in front of the Supreme Court as quickly as they can. So, yep. what happens if on our side we just flood the Oklahoma courts with frivolous lawsuits about you know whatever crazy religious beliefs that that we have? We just make up. This is no, no, no. I'm serious. This is my strongly held religious belief. Period. Uh, sorry, I have my own doctrine. I don't follow somebody's preordained doctrine. Thank you very much. Uh, but this is what I believe. I think you're and, gonna. And, but it's extremely as, as sincerely held as anybody else's. I think it would be. It is an admirable way to fight back, and it could make your life in Oklahoma extremely uncomfortable. And and for your children. I, I honestly, I see the uh, satanic temple getting involved in this because that's what they're doing with the whole thing about how abortion is a sacred religious rite of Satanist. I, I could easily see violence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's usually how these things get knocked down is they write them so strict when they have their religion in mind and what they're trying to implement. And then as soon as the Satanists show up, all that goes out the window. I think you are way underestimating the current makeup of the Supreme Court. Uh, well, I wasn't thinking about it as far as a Supreme Court case. That, I was thinking more as just that was the, clogging up the local system with, you know, a, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of lawsuits that just show just how frivolous this is. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're not giving enough credit to the evil of the other side where, you know, these things, 
it's not just coincidence that they're kind of cookie-cutter type mm-hmm. laws. So I don't know if it's a heritage uh, foundation or one of their offshoots. You know, there's so many there's a lot of organizations uh, that I can't, I can't keep up. And they're all, they're all dark money groups. How come right. we can't yeah. figure out a bill to somehow have our citizens sue each other into universal health care or something worthwhile? Because we never have the votes. Right. Uh, we never have the votes. And it seems like the rules change. I still don't understand how we need 60 and they need 50, it seems like. When when to get shit done. Uh we only need 50 for judges. Yeah. And we the only reason we're not using 50 all over the place is because we, we don't have 50. we only have 48. Yeah. We have 48 and... Well, 47 right now, because that one guy is uh, mm. in a hospital. can't remember his name or what state he's from, but yeah, that kind of throws... Currently out of commission. So why... why and maybe, maybe, Jeff, it's more of a conversation in, in your household, but why is there not more upset over all the book banning? Well, I don't know that it's reached here yet. Um, you know, in Cobb County. I, I mean, I, I, or not just. You mean the trend? Yeah, like. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you really look at Oklahoma and say, or, or Texas, or Florida, or Tennessee, Tennessee, or wherever else that they're Indiana, where you know where they're trying to do this, and go, huh? Good thing that's going to be contained to those places. You know, good thing that stuff doesn't happen in the great state of Georgia or, or the great state of anywhere you live. The thing that would affect teachers more, right? You know, the book banning is is definitely a, you know, a a sore spot, you know, and that's kind of the understatement. But the other implication is like the CRT thing that is being discussed in the Georgia legislature. I I was just listening to something on NPR about South Dakota. I guess they just signed into law. So it's not just a conversation anymore, but the governor there signed it into law. So they're defining CRT basically as anything that discusses race outside of individual racism. So in other words, if you, you can have a conversation about this person here is a racist, but you cannot talk about systemic racism in any shape or form. And they have a thing that sounds kind of like Oklahoma, too, where it's it's parent-driven, where if they, or student-driven, where they can sue the teachers as well for anything that, you know, makes them uncomfortable or is defined as systemic racism. So, in other words, your current events class in high school can't talk about the NFL thing about systemic racism in the NFL because that is systemic. So... If the teacher even broaches that topic, they are going to be sued. And it's kind of like what um, Oklahoma's doing, where it's, you know, and I can't remember the dollar amount, if it's $1,000, $2,000 or whatever, times 25, because there's 25 kids in that class. And then the other and then the other thing they're asking, or not asking, I think this mandate in this thing, is the teachers are supposed to post the curriculum, not just, you know, like, here's what we're going to cover this year, this day, I'm going to cover this. And they have to post that on the Internet. So, you know, so, the so rec- that the parents can look at their child's learning plan for the week ahead the and way. see if it 
coincides with their strongly held religious uh, no, beliefs. No, uh, by the way, as a parent, I don't like that. You what? I would have liked that. They post their curriculum right now, and the school boards post that no, stuff, no, no. but not individual the, yeah. lesson plans. I, I would, as a parent, I would like that. I would like to know what they're doing every day. I would like to know that. Now, obviously, they're doing it just to open the door to harass teachers. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like that, yeah. They're, that's why they're doing it. But they can absolutely hide behind parental transparency and you're going to get well, people you, you're going to get people that don't really care about the insidious nature of it and they're going to go well that why isn't that a good idea first of all you could have a conversation with your kid you can say so what what did you learn today okay that was you a know. great conversation jeff whoa 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 talk to your kid nothing that. i hey, didn't no. learn nothing what'd you yeah, do we didn't. nothing what'd you nothing. have for lunch i don't know nothing who'd you I hang with what? friends nobody Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know. I would be able to look at it and say, so, I heard you were doing blah, blah, blah today. The whole asking your kids thing, bruh. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just saying back in the day, that's that's how it used to be. But, but I'm saying, so you're asking the teachers that are burdened enough with all kinds of regulation and requirements and this kind of stuff to do something else. is like if they decide to change, you know, for whatever circumstance, their lesson plan, now they have to take time and write that up, post it to the web or whatever. But it's almost like they have to post it ahead of time for like a basic approval from, from the parents yeah. before they can proceed kind of a thing. Well, and then what they're going to end up doing then is like, well, fuck this. I'm not going to yeah. teach anything that has to do with racism no matter what. I'm, you know, or, I'm or washing my make, hands. they'll just make their lesson plan as vague as possible. The algebra teacher will be still trying to figure out what X is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and that, that is something that, that they were talking about in, in the Georgia bill is they're, they're defining it as anything that makes the student uncomfortable. So yeah, no, a lot of kids are uncomfortable. Made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. right, Physics, exactly. Very algebra, trigonometry. Yeah. There's a bunch right. of subjects that made me feel uncomfortable. So so we're gonna tie up the courts with all this kind of bullshit. <laughs> I'm so I don't I don't like fractions. Yeah, I mean it's hard enough to be a teacher as it is, and then putting all these layers of other requirements and hoops and. It's still, in 2022, shouldn't be that difficult to know. The lesson plan because it has to it has to be prepared it posted where on the internet oh really let me go to the internet.com and how do i know teachers teachers katie has a blog where she posts the assignments and the homework and stuff like that she's got she's got she's got a blog (laughs) and another one uses edmodo and another one uses it use puts it on facebook and they, if, and one just gives you a link to her Google Drive. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Or and the, and then there's 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 new ones popping up all the time. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, and but and one of the reasons it's a pain in the ass is because there is no centralized system for a teacher in this state, or probably most, where they would go in and they would work in the web and they would put their put their lesson plan in there. And it's there. And it's there for everybody to see. That's where they make their changes. That's where it gets approved. Everybody has one sign-in and password to get in. Why are we doing it? Because it costs money, and they don't want to spend it. 
No, I, 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 I've Rant already decided over. if I was a teacher, my, my lesson plan, there would be a cipher you would have to figure out before you could get into it. It would be like a Da Vinci Code, Robert Langdon type code that you had to break in order to get into my lesson plan. I'm going to make you work as hard, as, as much work that I have to put into putting this lesson plan out for you. It's going to take you that much work to get in to see it. But Jeff, it is the, obviously one of the things is people aren't going to want to go in to this profession. Unless, oh, for sure. Unless exactly. they are true believers. And when you get the true believers, who else is going to want to do it? That's kind of my point. You're going to then bring in all these Christian teachers. Who knows what kind of qualifications they're going to need to be a, a teacher. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to abolish public schools. I think they're going to be gradually taken over by the, the theological right-wing wackos. I think you way overestimate their desire to run public institutions. They don't they don't No, no, they wouldn't they wouldn't keep it public. They would privatize it. Well, right, that's what they're doing that already though. Uh, they're, but they're, I'm saying they're they're going to say these buildings, these are great new buildings. This high school that was built 5 years ago, let's not throw that away. Let's just take it over. Well, no, they don't have they're not going to have to take it over. They're not going to have to take it over because because as the public system diminishes, how many former Catholic churches are now something else because the Catholic Church basically abandoned it. And not just Catholic churches. Churches, right. how many churches or buildings churches. are for Mainline. sale? Ding. How, yeah, how many you know, just basic churches do you see that are abandoned? That are now and, and uh, breweries sale. or co- coffee yeah. shops? or yeah. yeah, been turned into all kinds of different things. They I turn them into homeless shelters. In all the conversations I've had since I've been up here, I've not had one with anybody about burning about book banning. Nobody, hmm. nobody hmm. cares. Like hmm. it's not on. It's it's it doesn't really raise any alarms. Well, here's part of that. I think is there's so many things that are going on at one time, and we had a term for that, like the hyper something. Hyper object. That's what's going on. Is you have. All of these fires going on all over the place is how do you how how do you concentrate on saving your democracy while you're trying to prevent books from being pulled from your school or teachers from being fired or sued? Yeah. Shouldn't that be the reason? You're not fighting these battles randomly. I mean, like they're flooding the to use a, a Steve Bannon term, and it's a hundred percent correct, flooding the zone with shit. I mean that's the strategy. So right. when you are right. fighting against that, you are fighting against that whole movement. But, uh, well, that won't probably surprise you that I I am way more alarmed than your average person. But... No. I, I'm, you know... I'm sure. I, 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 you know what, Don? It's a long drive up here. And... Well, you time self, think... Self-reflection, Yeah. You know, you and Abby had a conversation. Yep, yep. she was a she was a really good listener. <laughs> really looked into yourself as you were driving through Kentucky, going uphill and back in time for thirty minutes at a, at a stretch. I was uh, I, I was alone with my thoughts for a long time, and and, and the and the billboards that said Jesus saves, and yeah. <laughs> I, I need another analogy other than like nineteen thirties Germany. Because you could feel this that way, and you could see it heading towards something, maybe not as horrible, 
But the analogy mm-hmm. gets dismissed because it's too extreme. Is there another analogy that can be used to like express, hey, this shit is going wrong quickly? And unfortunately, there's one really good analogy for what's going on right now. Oh. And that's it. Oh, well, that's that's we need another one. It's kind of a if the if the if the shoe fits. If the foo shits. If the foo shits. Where? Well, but, but, you know, speaking of there, I mean, talk about emboldened. Like you got Nazis hanging out in front yep. of a Starbucks yep. in Orlando. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, like you know, white power and Sig Heil and Heil on the Hitler. corner, yeah, Orlando, Florida, just brazenly, openly nationalist, socialist. Got to be a Jew. You can, I can tell you're a Jew by how close your eyes are together. Just, just crazy shit. White these guys were, were talking. Supremacist white power. Yeah. We'll put a video. We'll put a link to the video up if you haven't seen it. And. And of course, DeSantis doesn't denounce it. Outright. No, he 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 blamed the Democrats somehow. Yeah, somehow somehow it's Antifa or some bullshit, you know. Um, but what about what about? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Well, but I mean, so, it, you know, hey, this is your state that that Nazis feel free and emboldened in. Yeah, but, to but just that didn't bother them. On the side of the road. No, but, but I mean, it it. it but it was too different. It was too distinct uh, because one was on an overpass with with like banners up for cars driving by on the interstate yeah. to see, and another one was on the side, like a corner of a like at a red light at like a public shopping it's, center. It's in front of a Starbucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and by the way, what were some of their signs? Vaccines, anti-vax. Oh, yeah. They're. I- Going, I would not be surprised to see a "Let's Go Brandon." You know, sign oh, I'm sure that was part in, of it as well. You know, right, absolutely. But at some point, honestly, if if you if you're entrenched, if if you've dug in, this is you've picked it, and you look around, and Nazis are are standing on your sideline. At at what point do you abandon the side? Is there no inner reflection for? Somehow, I believe the same thing Nazis believe. I'm on the side of, or, or Nazis are on my, whether they're on my side or I'm on their side, somebody's on the wrong fucking side at this point. On our last deep dive, just on Tuesday, for our local atheist meetup group, we had a, a Zoom discussion on the new civil war. Um, but the author of this book, and she's been on many of the, the news stations and other places, is uh, and podcasts. Barbara Walter, not Barbara Wawa. Not Barbara Wawa? But Barbara Walter. Singular. You know, that kind of gets to your thing about what do we call this is like, yeah, Civil War, people always conjure up, you know, the North versus South and big armies and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, that's that's not how the Civil War plays out. And, you know, your, your uh, history friend Jerry, I think that's kind of what he's... When he, when he scoffs at the new civil war or at the civil war, I think that's what he's kind of thinking of too. I don't know, but she's saying it's going to be insurrectionist kind of events, and so January sixth was an obvious example of that. That was a dry run. But I'm saying there's other things going on that we're not that we're not connecting these dots. You know, like the Nazi protests in Florida. That's an insurrection terrorist kind of is threatening people this week there was i don't know how many bomb threats 
at historic yeah. black colleges. At yeah. least a dozen. Yeah, yeah, at least a dozen. No, like, like two like here in days. Georgia. Right, yeah. yeah. And and that is terroristic threats. I mean, so you have all these, and, and she compared it to, like, uh, Northern Ireland when they're going through their thing. It was these kind of, you know, little little ploys here and there that, you know, were to upset and, and knock people off center. And, you know, Trump, his last rally, talked about if things don't go my way in Atlanta, you know, talking about the, the, the Fulton County Fulton County lawsuit going on as, as far as, you know, just find me 11,000 votes and then uh, yeah. New York. Just find them. And, and, yeah, and so saying, I want, I want a protest. Well, protest to him means exactly like January 6th. So that's how the Civil War is going to be played out. It's going to be played out by those kind of acts. And they're happening now. So we're in this, this Civil War era, era now, I think. And, you know, the thing, like school boards, terrorizing school boards and threatening. And then, you know, that's how they get these laws passed is that's... But terrorizing public officials across the board, terrorizing mm-hmm. election officials, terrorizing yep. school board, city council people. Like it yep. is a, it happens too frequently combined with book bans and yep. no doubt soon book burning and increasingly armed civilians, usually when they're, and they're doing it here too, they want to crack down on government and public education and let anybody have a gun anywhere. Yeah, good example here in, here in Georgia is is Kemp wants to pass a law so that you don't need a permit or a license right. to have a concealed weapon. He's trying to get reelected. Right, yes. but even though, you know, in the polls, AJC did a poll, it's like over 60% of the people in this poll said they don't want that. So he's already being authoritarian. But of those 60% that say they don't want it, how many of those actually vote? Or how many How many of that 60% are going to vote for, are going to vote for him no matter what? Right, no right, because they're one-issue vote voters. Right, they're one-issue voters, so as long as not he can crack one, down on... Not even one-issue voters. I mean, as long as he points a shotgun at one of his daughter's boyfriends in a, in a campaign, we're, we're good. You know, I'm probably going to vote for if him. If you don't, even if you don't believe that he should pass this, how many Republicans is he going to lose by doing it? None. None. Right. None. I mean, right. that's, it's right. not the... I mean, he's absolutely, he's absolutely playing to the, you know, to the worst aspects of the base. But it's the people who are, who may publicly scoff at it and feel kind of, eh. But in the end. But nobody in his own party is going to stand up against that for moral reasons. Especially voters in the suburbs. Yeah. Absolutely voters in the suburbs. Well, especially since he's being primaried by uh, Purdue. Mm-hmm. You know who's uh, been endorsed by Trump, so he's got to kind of play that Trump card. But there is a there term. is a there is a part of it though that does like to watch him kind of gravel because Dotard hates him. Dotard, oh, yeah. Dotard yeah. hates him, and and yep. Lindsey Graham, who like you know he's like Punxsutawney Phil, but just like every seven years or so. 
showed yeah. like a, a a minor a minor like part of his spine, like maybe one disc grew back because he was in favor, of course, of sending troops to Ukraine. Yeah, and Dotard's been bashing him ever since. Oh, oh, he, oh yeah. yeah, he's under the oh. Trump bus now, yeah. He's got one toy for Christmas, and that's all he's playing and, with, and, and it's Lindsey Graham. I don't like to, you know, I don't like to pay attention to anything Dotard does, but I do love it when he turns his fire on people who have spent the last five years on their knees in front of him, and yeah. that's oh, yeah. how he yeah. treats them. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're just useful idiots to him, and, you know, they... On some level, they must have known that all along, I would think. Oh. I mean, because he's done that all along. He's tossed people under the bus. So how Lindsey Graham would have thought that would have never happened to him is beyond me. I mean, what is, who does Lindsey Graham think he is? I mean, going on TV talking about he wants the Supreme Court to reflect the American populace. Well, and then yeah. Lindsey called him out a little bit on his uh, pardoning all the, the, January, or, yeah, the January 6th people. By the way... You don't need to like hit all the alarmist buttons that go on in my head, but <laughs> the fact that that he that they considered it in the between January sixth and the twenty first or whatever the inauguration mm-hmm. on the twentieth yeah. is basically just confirms like one of my more alarmist suspicions that they that he that by the way he gets in in twenty twenty four. Seriously, we're done. Seriously, look. We're done. The, look the fuck out. He's oh, never like, getting out. Look out. If he ever gets back in, he's never getting and, out. And he's not, already figured out how to stay and in. The power and how he wields it will be extremely oh, universal. Frightening. He's, he's Putin Junior all over again. Well, it's, it's if you think about it, the only thing that stopped him from succeeding with what he wanted to do was somebody at the Pentagon decided to do their job. Somebody at the Department of Defense decided to do their job. The Georgia Secretary of State decided to do his job instead of finding 12,000 votes. By the way, he's a great example. He's a great example of somebody who might sneer at certain parts of the party, but he's going to vote for all of them. Absolutely. He voted for him in 16. He voted for him right. in 20. He will vote for him so in 24. So is Susan Collins. Absolutely. Same, cut from the same cloth. So you could have you could have your poll that says 60% of people, blah, blah, blah. But how many of those people are actually not going to vote or are going to vote for a vote against it? Single digit percentage. Very low yep. single digit. When you get down to it, all that matters is that one person didn't decide to put him in front of in, in front of the law, along the line. Well, you know, and another scary thought that you know, I, I want to help you get on that ledge a little further, Jerry. Are you on the first floor or what? What floor? Are you on the ledge? Hey, 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 hey! Uh, huh? The wind is open. You are you are out there. You have I got am. your own fire pit now. You've well, got, I just want you to. You got a I want you chair. to join. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm there. Yeah. You know, I'm there. We got the, we got the Yeti that fits out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> keep everything cold. <laughs> you know and, that chair you got, Jeff? That whenever we have a driveway party, everybody wants to get in that chair. That, that one chair you own. Lean back like a like a lounge chair. 
Oh, that's Barley's like, chair. That's Barley's chair. I don't know chair. whose chair that is, but that's the best fucking chair ever. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where we're in right that's now right. on the ledge. We're, All right. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me let me just put this out there. So his Trump's cabinet this time around was was fairly well balanced. Correct. I mean, it, well, you know, as I'm using that term extremely loosely. Can you imagine people knowing where he's at now? That that would uh, agree to be in his cabinet. Who do you think? Who do you Can you imagine? Be a, a, attorney General. Oh my or God! Defense Secretary. Uh, Sidney Powell. Sidney no, Powell. No, no. Sidney Powell be Attorney General. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is what the I'm Mike saying. My pillow guy would be like the Department of Defense he, or some oh, he'd shit. Be commerce or something. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Because he knows Treasury. pillows. Yeah. Treasury. But that's what I'm saying. Is is like anybody with half a brain. You know, is is not going to join that clown car? So no, but that's but see, that's that's not that's not true, Jeff, because it's absolutely going to open the door to people hungry for power. That means oh, oh, and, and and but I'm influence, right? But I'm saying like Bill Barr, we thought was the worst. At least he, you think Bill Barr was the worst? What do you see, Attorney well, yeah. General Josh Hawley? Okay. <laughs> This is what this is what I'm saying. So if Barr if Barr wouldn't work for that administration, who would? Let's not rehabilitate Barr because no he, no 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 he's you know, not a hero. He no. had a yeah. uh, a brief oh. pang of conscience. Right, but I'm saying you know, see, he was like he worked what under was it Nixon that far back or was it Bush? It was Bush. I can't remember. But my point is is you know so who would then take that position? Yeah, like Holly. A, a ton of people. Yeah. A ton of oh, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's more authoritarians than I would want to know. And, and not just authoritarians, but opportunists. Opportunists that are that are willing to look. Not not. It's not going to be. There's not going to ever be enough true believers. It's the hangers on. It's the people that could be swayed. It's the people that want to be close to power. You don't need, you know, 45% of true believers in order to take power because a lot of people that worked with him and for him think he's a moron, but they're there so they can maximize their own benefit and they'll do anything they have to to do it. And that's the part that I don't understand with right-wingy, atheists who align themselves with this crowd that's another podcast they're going to be on the list way up on that list i don't i i never understood it but you know maybe they'll sell themselves out for it who knows that's yeah i'm kind of convinced if there's money to be made that's that's where they're doing it Not that's just that's money where but power and influence Right and right. relevance. Hmm. I, I, you know what? I wasn't going to bring all this stuff up, but you know, you guys did. <laughs> and I, and I have a, I have a, a recommendation. I was going to say, does anybody have a recommendation that would put a nice little bow on? I this? absolutely do. I got it. I got your bow. You should, you should yeah. read the article, but you should also listen to the podcast on the, uh. New Yorker, Politics and More. It is with the 
uh, writer Jane Mayer, who wrote an excellent long article about Clarence Thomas's crazy oh. wife Ginny. Yes, yes. And they mentioned that on the uh, the um, Straight White American Jesus podcast, so I know what you're talking about. That yeah. is a that is a tremendous article about her and the groups that she is with and how the Supreme Court she doesn't really say corrupted, but she certainly presents a lot of evidence to show oh, yeah. that yeah. it's in deep trouble. You could read the article and listen to the podcast and get like a complete, you know, like the, the complete picture. But you should read anything she writes anyway. But this podcast and that article are excellent. You will not be smiling at the end of it, but it's an important What was your name listen. again? Jane Mayer. Jane Mayer? Yeah. M-A-Y-E-R. I went with the same spelling as John. Yes. Okay, because I've I've heard that Not name. son of Oscar. Oh, she wrote the book Dark Money. Yeah. Back ah. in twenty. Okay, that's uh, like, okay. Oh. Hey, hey, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, yeah, yeah. you know, is live duck duck going because he didn't just come up with that. <laughs> no, it, that that did not ring a bell, and uh, he put yeah. No, Good that job. was on. I was on Amazon because I knew that name rang a rang a bell. So speaking of Amazon, my recommendation, or you can buy it elsewhere, but you probably won't find it on a bookshelf at a, at a public school. It's called <laughs> How Civil Wars Start and How to Stop Them. That's the one I was talking about from Barbara Walter. She's, on a, she's been on a lot of podcasts, too. I, I think what she's saying is super important. She knows what she's talking about. She studied civil wars in other countries yeah, for Yeah, she worked for the decades. CIA. Yep. Oh, ooh, she probably started a few. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Fomented them. Hey, hey, Civil yep. War, it's it's kind of her deal, you know. Trust me on that. Hey, it's my wheelhouse. By the way, if you uh, scroll back a few podcasts from the Jane Mayer article, uh, there is the one on the New York New Yorker politics and more called The New Civil War in America, and that was mm. the first place that I heard her talk about this there's a yeah because there's another guy that wrote a book too i was gonna see if i can hey man there's a, there's a run on the civil war is now books yeah it seems to really? be the topic du jour might have to have your uh historian back on oh see how he feels about uh you really you you want to you want to listen to 50 minutes of of things that i text him i mean we can do that no, that's true that's true <laughs> i was just reminded <laughs> Thank you to any new listener that is, li- that is listening and made it to this far. That's from <laughs> Dr. Vince's podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. Godzilla, Godzilla is my friend And Shrinko was my friend And Bridget
Ami. Ressemble à un mec de party. 